Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. I also host the podcast Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books, which you can listen to if you need your literary fix fast. This podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight, is for anyone out there who wants to feel better in their bodies like I do. There's a private support group that I started on Instagram at Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. And all of us share tips, suggestions, recipes, meal ideas, and generally just give each other lots and lots and lots of support so that it isn't so hard to do what should be simple, but somehow isn't. So please listen to the podcast, hear stories from people just like you who have struggled and overcome things and have ideas and suggestions. And let's just do this together. We got this. Thanks for listening. Charlotte LaGuardia is a board-certified nutritionist with a master's in clinical nutrition. Her practice, Thrive East, was created out of her passion for real food, nutrition science, and the belief that all people should have access to individualized nutrition. You can check her out at thriveeast.com and on Instagram at thriveeastnutrition. Welcome, Charlotte. Thanks so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. Thank you so much, Zibby. I'm so happy to be here. It's so nice to see you. (laughs) So, Charlotte... Tell me about, first, give listeners a little bit of a bio and your background, how you got into this industry. And then after that, we'll talk about your 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 whole journey to getting here. But give us the, the rundown of a bio and background for now. Absolutely. Yes. So I grew up in Southampton, New York, so out in the Hamptons. And I went to college in Worcester, Massachusetts. So I went to Holy Cross and I was studying psychology and I wanted to be in marketing. I wanted to do advertising. I was really excited to do that. And I started to notice that I wasn't feeling well. And by the time I graduated college, I was like, there's no way I can do a nine to five job. I don't have the energy. I don't feel well. And so I dove into a degree in nutrition, trying to find some answers. And that's what led me into the nutrition field. And so I got my master's from the Maryland University of Integrative Health. And then I did an internship. I did an exam. I took an exam to qualify for the boards. And so now I'm a certified nutrition specialist. I'm also a yoga instructor. So I like to combine the two worlds of nutrition and yoga. And so now I'm back in Watermill in the Hamptons and I have my own private practice that was in person. And now I've moved to completely virtual. So I do virtual yoga. I do virtual nutrition consultations as well as workshops. So I do a lot of like ladies nights on Zoom and we do, you know, some breathing exercises and we talk about things you can eat and all of that good stuff. If people want to find you, where should they look you up? Yes. So my website is thriveeast.com and my Instagram is thriveeastnutrition. Awesome. So Charlotte, you and I met when I had one of my many hit bottom moments. <laughs> I, I was like, I need to see someone like immediately and I can't do this by myself. And I've had like kind of a love-hate relationship with like getting experts involved in what I know is something I should sort of master myself. Mm-hmm. And you were so kind and came over a few times, but then again, I sabotaged myself and now I like can't even face <laughs> it again. No, but not because of you. You were like amazing. Tell me about your own like go back to when you weren't feeling well and what even led you to nutrition versus, you know, med school or something like that. 
Right, right. So it is it is like a little bit of a long story. What didn't lead me to med school was a... I want, wait, I want the long story. Okay, all right. Well, interesting story. part. <laughs> story. So I know we're on a podcast for why moms don't have time to lose weight. Personally, I don't have a weight loss journey. I had always been on the thin side. I you know, grew up thin, you know, nothing ever changed. I could never gain weight actually. And I always thought I was really safe. I would, you know, I remember in like the seventh grade learning about diabetes and heart disease. And I was like, I'm not going to have that. I was like, I, I have no problems. I'm thin. And I had this false sense of safety. So I went through life, you know, never, you know, being affected by the food that I ate that I knew. So I would, you know, eat pints of ice cream. I would come home from school and my after school snack was literally a whole container of whipped cream. And I was really addicted to those sugary carbohydrate foods. I remember I didn't eat a vegetable for probably years. (laughs) You know, my mom would try, but it just, I wasn't interested. All I wanted was like the white rice and, you know, some ice cream after that. And I was really hooked on those highly processed, highly refined foods but it never showed physically. So I was like, I'm totally fine. And then by the time I got to college and had to, you know, go through, you know, stress, I had, you know, all this new stress that I didn't experience in high school, late nights, I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't exercising. I was eating a hundred percent processed diet out of the dining hall or fast food or whatever I could heat up in my microwave. And that's really when it hit. I honestly remember, this is crazy, but I would walk through the halls, like be like one o'clock in the morning, I just finished a paper and I'd be walking through the halls of the library and I'd see, okay, there's nothing in front of me. There's no one around me. I'm just going to close my eyes while I walk because I'm so tired and I'm so just shot. And that was kind of when I realized that something had to have been up. And so when I graduated school, I ended up going to a few doctors. Throughout all of this, I always had some GI things. You know, I was never regular. I was always bloated and cramping. If I didn't eat, I'd be like doubled over in pain. Things that just like weren't normal. But in my head, I was like, oh, I'm thin. I'm fine. Everyone experiences this. It's okay. And so the GI doctors could only say like IBS, which is, we all know this like blanket diagnosis, like something's not right. We're not positive, but we're going to put you in this category. And then I started getting neurological symptoms. So things like tingling, buzzing, feelings in my body, the, you know, extreme fatigue, couldn't remember a thing to save my life. All of these different things started popping up and, you know, neurologists couldn't really figure out what was going on. They're like, oh, you might be depressed or you might, you know, have, you know, B12 deficiencies, which wasn't the case. And so after a full year of not getting a straight answer and not being able to work or do anything, I was like, I have to go back to school. I was like, I need to know why this is happening why this is happening to my body, what I can do to help fix it. Because the, you know, modern medicine is amazing. You get into an accident, they will bring you back. But it's kind of the preventative getting down to the root cause where there's a little bit of lacking. It's, it's a little lacking there. So I decided to just, I had to be my own advocate. I had to figure out, you know, when I eat food, what happens to it? why do people eat vegetables and not tubs of ice cream? And so that was really what I, you know, motivated me to go to school. 
because I knew I could buy a textbook, but I, I needed, I'm the type of, you know, learner where I need someone to explain things to me. So I found this great program. It was online. It was somewhat self-paced. So I could still do like a part-time job while I was learning and it just changed my life. So what I started learning about how our food is digested, why we choose certain foods, what all of my symptoms actually meant and figuring out the whole reason why everything was happening, a lifetime of antibiotic use, (laughs) but we'll come back to that. So when I started learning all these things, I was like, oh my gosh, I have to tell the world. I was like, why did no one teach me this? Why was it in the seventh grade that I learned diabetes and heart disease existed, but not how to prevent them or why they start in the first place? So it was really, really, you know, eye opening. And I went from that mindset of like, oh, I want to work that nine to five office job. I was like so excited for like pumps and pencil skirts. (laughs) And now I'm like, oh my gosh, I just need to be with people every day and share this information, especially kids. I'm finding that I'm headed more towards like the adult adolescent world, because that was the time where if I had learned all of this, I think things would have been incredibly different. Now I'm like, I want you just to talk to my 13 year old daughter, just to like, you're like, cause you're such a likable person. And I feel like if you could just chat, you should have like your own YouTube show or something. You know, you have that that all the time. I am so camera shy. Oh, but you're doing great right now. And I mean, I I know it's like cameras just zoom, but I don't know. I feel like my daughter's all into YouTube and to have somebody up there actually giving healthy health centered information, as opposed to just like how to put on her eyeshadow would be really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I, mean, I could do a little eyeshadow too. Like, yeah, I mean, that would be great. So I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so what was the answer? What was wrong with you? So really what it was is it was a full-blown gut issue. So I had chronic ear infections as a kid. So from ages one to about three, I was on antibiotics a few times a year. And for that age span, what's happening is your microbiome is really setting up. And the microbiome is this about four to seven pound collection of bacteria and yeasts and some viruses that should live in harmony. And they are there to produce your immune cells, neurotransmitters. They even play a huge role in turning genes on and off. So I don't know if you've heard the saying, genetics is the the gun and your lifestyle pulls the trigger. And that lifestyle influences the microbiome. And really, it's the microbiome pulling the trigger on risk factors. So during that age, you are, you know, kids are sticking stuff in their mouths. They're like eating dirt and stuff and like trying to put things in their mouths. What that is, is they're trying to get bacteria into the microbiome based on their environment. And so it was a really, it's a really special time. And I was taking antibiotics, which meant every time I took a course, I was killing off a a big portion of that community. And fortunately, our microbiome is really resilient. However, we didn't know this at the time. You know, my mom, you know, did everything she could. She kept me really healthy. She, you know, I didn't, you know, have chronic ear issues because we took care of it then. But we didn't know, like, take a probiotic Mm -hmm. or eat your fermented foods. And so as I grew up, I had this really imbalanced microbiome. And there were probably strains in there that shouldn't have been 
there are were strains in numbers that shouldn't have been. And I wasn't doing anything to help it. I was only feeding the things that fed the negative bacteria and negative yeasts. And so what that led to was what we're calling, you know, in the industry now, leaky gut. And leaky gut is when the cells that line your intestines start to separate. So there's little perforations. And through those perforations, your undigested food particles, any bacteria or viruses that come into the body can seep into the immune system or into the bloodstream, which then in turn can set off the immune system. And so this situation can lead to pretty much all of the symptoms that I had. And so what I learned was to kind of go back and and heal the gut and heal the system and i can tell you it's been it's been years and still you know always going to be a work in progress but the one thing that i'm learning is that the body is so resilient and the body wants to be healthy like that is where it's trying to get every single day but we just have to give it the tools to get there and so that's what that's what this journey has been Wow. So one thing I heard you say is processed food is not going to help be one of those good tools. Is that (laughs) right? It is. It is. It's hard. We live in a food industry. You know, food is a business now. And I, you know, tell clients every day, companies, they just want to sell you a product and they want to sell you on their brand. They don't necessarily care if it's not the best thing for you. They don't care if you have, you know, gut issues or hormonal imbalance. They just want you to eat their product. And that's just the nature of business. And like, I can't really blame them for it, but we just need to be more educated about the products that are out there. So like with processed foods, there's normally sugar added in everything. So ketchup, salad dressings, uh, everything has, has some sort of sugar. And even if it says zero grams, on the nutrition facts. And you're like, oh, there's no sugar in there. I'm totally fine. But you look at the ingredients and you see like cane sugar or molasses or date syrup. You're like, okay, like there's a little sweet in there, but it's not showing up on the nutrition facts. So it should be fine for me. But the point of that is when you ingest the food, you don't taste sweet, but our digestive system actually has sweet receptors. And what those sweet receptors do is they actually talk to the brain. So our gut is connected to the brain through this vagus nerve, this big, huge nerve that goes throughout the body, but its main connection is gut to brain. And so those sweet receptors take in the little sugar that you don't taste in your mouth. They recognize it and they release dopamine, which is our reward signal. And it makes you want to eat more. So it could be a potato chip with, you know, a little added sugar. It could be ketchup on, you know, a chicken finger, which is just like a protein. But it's making you go for more because those sweet receptors keep releasing the dopamine and your body is like, oh, this feels good. I'm going to keep going. I'm not going to stop. And so it's like a little secret of processed foods. And that's why, you know, it's really hard to only have one chip or, you know, one fry in the ketchup. And what about if you're actually eating lots of sugar? Like sugar that you know you are eating because the second you put the cookie in your mouth, you feel like it coursed through your body and like you get this hit of like 
amazingness. <laughs> yeah, because that's exactly what's happening. It literally is a hit of amazingness because now you're getting twofold. You're getting do- like dopamine release because the receptors in your mouth are tasting sweet. And then the receptors in your gut are tasting sweet. And it's just, it's a full body experience. And at the end of the day, it is very neurological and it's not necessarily willpower either. And I think that that's something that a lot of us get wrapped up in is like, I'm weak. If there's a cookie in front of me, I'm going to eat it. And it's my fault. And I'm weak. And like, I'm not good at this. There's so much more at work here than just, you know, willpower. It also depends on the balance of microbes in your digestive systems or in your microbiome. So if you have higher numbers of certain yeasts like candida, that candida feeds off of sugar and it has this huge nerve, the vagus nerve that talks to the brain and can ask for more sugar. And so those cravings, again, aren't that willpower or seeing the cookie. It's actually these, you know, old bacteria and yeasts in there using their power to harness the brain and harness our activities. How do you know if you have those in you. So normally if it's if you have a very high sugar diet, I tend to assume that that's where we're headed because whatever we feed will most likely be there. There are stool sample tests you can do. There are also some like symptoms like sugar cravings, a lot of like dandruff and like yeast infections like on the skin or in the body. Rush is another symptom of candida, but it's sneaky. A lot of these bacteria are sneaky and they're just around for survival. And so they don't care if the cookie is going to make you, you know, crave more. They just want to survive. So what is your advice then if somebody, regardless if they have candida or whatever bacteria are feeding the cravings and maybe it's not willpower, but what do you do if now you're in this like spin cycle of sugar addiction? Yes. So first I like to recommend different ways to get dopamine. So it sounds a little crazy, but if we do something like 50 jumping jacks before we eat the cookie, we're releasing dopamine on our own through physical activity, and then we're less likely to go for the second cookie. And then sometimes over time, you might not even want the whole thing or even the cookie at all. It also depends on the day, but I'm also not about deprivation. So we're going to eat cookies. It happens. It's life. There are cookies in our world. And so we want to do it in the best way possible. And so if we can do those jumping jacks beforehand, initial dopamine surge, then we can have and enjoy that bit of cookie and and move on. Other things we can do to release dopamine are talk to a friend or a loved one. So right now too, like social isolation is a big thing. So call a friend, call a family member, talk to them, Skype with them, Zoom with them, do whatever feels right or appropriate at the time. And that you know connection releases dopamine. And then the final and favorite one of mine is a hug. So a 20 second chest to chest equal partnership hug will help to release those feel good neurotransmitters as well. And in a lot of cases, start to kick those sugar cravings. So if I hug my husband mm-hmm. for 20 seconds uh-huh. in front of a plate of cookies, mm-hmm. I might not want as many cookies. Correct. Correct. <laughs> Seriously? Seriously. Yes. So I, what was it? For Christmas, we got like a basket of 
gluten-free goods because everyone knows that I don't eat a lot of gluten. And there were those little, you know, the Stroop waffles that like you stick on top of your cup of coffee and they get all gooey. Those are in there and they're really good. And so I would have one, but then I would do some jumping jacks and I would remove myself from the situation. Yes, a few times I went back for a second one, but not as often as I would have if I didn't do those dopamine enhancing activities. So what's interesting about this to me is that, of course, I've heard the advice, like, instead of eating, you should go, you know, do something else that's fun. But I always interpreted that as a means of distraction, right? Like, yes, eating makes you feel good, but other things make you feel good. So just do them instead. Mm -hmm. But I've never heard that the dopamine released from those activities counteracts the cravings for the actual treats because your body is getting the surge that it needs already. So it doesn't look to something external on a plate, right? Did I get that right? Yes, you did. And so something to remember too, the 50 jumping jacks is, will not give you the same like awesome explosion response that like a cookie in your mouth will. So it's, it's not as intense. You didn't need to tell me that, Very that subtle, I know. but I don't want you to do the jumping jacks and be like, wait, I don't feel that because that's, that feeling is going to be completely different. But if we take the time, it is also a little bit of a distraction, but it's helping because you're getting what that reward the body's looking for. Okay. I could try it. Yeah, I, I think could, I could test this out. It's I could always test it worth out. a shot to test out. And then remembering too, when we do go to eat that cookie after we do the jumping jacks, eating it slowly and enjoying it fully. So I know a lot of times with junk food and cookies and baked goods and things like that, we feel some guilt. We're like, I know I shouldn't be eating this, but I'm going to eat it. But I'm going to eat it fast because if I eat it fast, then maybe it doesn't count. This is, this is a, a train of thought I've had many times. If you sit down and mindfully, slowly eat it, notice the texture, the smell, the mouthfeel, you're going to be so much more satisfied from the one cookie and not need to go for the second. A lot of times, like, I mean, you have a sandwich with two halves, you eat one half, you eat the other, you look down and think that the other is still there. That's <laughs> what's happening in this kind of like guilt-driven cookie eating we rush it because we hope like nobody sees or it just doesn't count if we get it in. So by eating it really slowly and like enjoying it and honoring it and experiencing it, that awesome feeling lasts a lot longer too. I was eating a cookie the other night <laughs> and I, it was like gooey and warm and perfect. And I was sitting and I ate it in front of my husband mm-hmm. because sometimes I do try to like eat things quickly out of sight of everyone yeah. for my own guilt reasons. But anyway, I ate it and literally he was like laughing. He's like, I don't think I've ever seen anyone enjoy a cookie as much as you are enjoying this right now. <laughs> and I was like, this is so amazing. It's the best thing ever. <laughs> so not to say it didn't make me want more, but I don't think I had more at the time. I probably would have had more, but I see what you're saying. It's like, take the time, enjoy it. Don't beat yourself up about it. Because sometimes I think that's another thing that in the cycle that people do is one, like I've already ruined it with the one cookie. I might as well eat six. Absolutely. I, I see that all the time. And it's important to remember too, like when we're stressed and eating, the stress actually turns our body's ability to digest foods down. And so we don't extract as much as we could. And so I know a cookie has sugar. It's definitely something that is, you know, somewhat processed depending on where you get it or if you made it. 
but it also has, you know, you could have it with dark chocolate and whole wheat flour and get, you know, some B vitamins and antioxidants. So if we're feeling guilty eating that cookie, those few benefits that are in there, we won't be able to absorb as many. So all the more argument to have it, but enjoy and relax and breathe and look at it and smell it and just be in that moment with the cookie and then go have a, a fully balanced, healthy meal of before or after. So basically, if I, <laughs> if I or my listeners mm-hmm. can eat a mostly balanced diet, I could basically have one amazing chocolate chip cookie every day and still not like succumb to the what I feel like is like addiction, essentially, of the feeling of the cookie in my body. Absolutely. Correct? I mean, it's everyone is completely different and it is like really understanding yourself. Some people might have a harder time you know, some are all or nothing too. So I know I have a lot of clients who even just like looking at a cookie will send them into a spiral and the whole mindful eating have just one slowly is just not for them. And that's okay. We recognize that and we put other things in place. But for a lot of people, if you can harness the power of mindful eating and you can slow yourself down, yeah, that one cookie is definitely doable and making sure it's like the highest quality cookie. You can make it yourself. You can, you know, source great ingredients, organic whole wheat flours. And like I said, dark chocolate's a health food. So add some dark chocolate in there and like nuts and seeds and make it into something that's really healthful. Do you have a go-to healthy chocolate chip cookie option? You know, I don't. Or a recipe or something? I, I don't, but I can definitely make one. <laughs> if I put a little time into that. And after talking about cookies all this time, I'm like thinking, definitely. Well, if you want to drop them off here. Yeah, right. I want to be my tester. I will test <laughs> you know. my recipe tester and we'll get something good uh, going and it will be great. Well, Charlotte, this has been great for so many reasons. One, thank you for sharing your story with me. And it's such a good reminder that you can't like cheat on your body for too long without it catching up with you, right? Like if you're doing things that are not good for you, even if you can't see it, your body sees it. And it's just a good reminder that, you know, even if you feel good with your weight or your clothing size, that is not the full story at all. Not at all. So that's another good reminder. And to just the processed food, as we all know that processed foods are like the devil and, you know, eat in moderation, look at the ingredients, Mm -hmm. be careful, eat with caution. Mm -hmm. And then also like remembering the things to counteract the hit you get from sugar and adding things like hugs and jumping jacks as a means to fill that sort of dopamine receptor up so it doesn't have as much left to fill with the cookie. Absolutely. Which I like. Mm -hmm. I also like that if you give yourself permission to enjoy something regularly without guilt, Mm -hmm. then maybe the whole thing you know, ratchets back down in terms of this whole vicious cycle of punishment and willpower and all the things you were talking about. Absolutely. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it's, there's so much more to it. And I think we like to simplify things and say, you know, if you are eating a ton of sugar, you're just weak, you have bad willpower, but that's not it. There's so much more and we, there's so much more we can do also. Awesome. All right. Well, I'm going to get back in touch with you just to like chit chat, to teach my kids, even though I teach them all the time. I think it helps so much to have someone else always 
yeah. come in and just like give a little tutorial. I think that, so I'm going to do that and I'm going to go bake some really good cookies and fully <laughs> enjoy and be and, in the moment. Yes. Perfect. So Charlotte, tell everybody again where they can find you if they want to like book a session or learn more about you. Yes. My website is thriveeast.com and my Instagram is thriveeastnutrition and you can message me on either platform. Perfect. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. This was so wonderful. <laughs> okay, great. All right. Bye, Charlotte. Bye. Thanks for listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. Don't forget to follow the private support group at Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight on Instagram. Thanks.